shit, shit, shit show. It's a fucking shit show. Shit Welcome show. back to Shit Show Saturday. Sit, sell, Saturday. And you're going to get to hear from a bunch of big shit shows today. So this is a recording from this past Thursday's Patreon group where I brought up the topic of the holidays. Such a easy breezy, lovely, wonderful time of the year for us adult children of dysfunctional families. Am I right? Uh, so yeah, I think that this is going to be a beneficial conversation for everyone to hear. This is a really fucking amazing group, you guys. I'm going to keep saying it until you join. Join the damn, sorry, damn the join Patreon. You won't regret it. I promise you. And I also just want to say too that don't not join the group because you think that I'm going to play your share on Saturday. If you don't want me to, I, I ask for approval or I tell everyone if they do not want me to include them in the episode, I will not. So don't let that be an excuse. (laughs) Um, We're going to be talking about this topic more on next week's episode. I want to talk about boundaries some more. And I want to talk about, not I want to talk about, I am going to talk about trauma responses, how to identify trauma responses, and how to cope with them. So if you have any specific questions related to boundaries in the holidays or trauma responses, hit a girl up. You can hit me up on Instagram or you can email me at Andrea at Adult Child Podcast. And how about I just tell you one more time that you need to go damn the join Patreon right now at uh, patreon.com slash adult child. I also want you to know that I have been diligently working on new merch, and I got some good shit coming your way. So stay tuned. It will be ready sometime next week. I'll definitely have a Black Friday sale, and I'll definitely have a a super, super sale for all my Patreon pirate peeps. (laughs) So enjoy today's episode. So let me pull up this reading. Generational family dysfunction. We avoid blame because we are aware of the generational nature of family dysfunction. So many of us come into ACA blaming our parents for what has gone wrong in our lives. We tell ourselves, if only I'd have a normal family, I would have I wouldn't have so many problems. Why couldn't things have been different? There's no doubt we deserve better. As innocent children, we had few choices. But as adults, if we continue to focus solely on blaming our families, we will perpetrate the dysfunction. It's generational, and it's the same system in which our parents were raised. Often, we didn't want to see our role in the continued dysfunction before we started our recovery. Maybe we even told ourselves, I won't treat my children like that. But it's likely we either did some of the same things, or maybe we moved 180 degrees the other way trying to be more of a friend than a parent. But all children need reasonable parents, just as we did. Until we uncover and deal with our own issues, we'll continue to repeat the dysfunctional patterns. The ACA program gives us the middle road where recovery lies, and we deserve to live in that space. 
on this day, I will remember that family dysfunction is a generational disease. I affirm my choice to break the cycle by working my program. So I have a topic that I want to bring up, but I thought that that would be a good reading. When I saw what the reading was today, I thought it would um, fit in well. But I want to bring up holidays because obviously we're we're coming up on one next week. And I'll still have the meeting next week because I'm sure we could all use it. <laughs> um, so a lot of opportunities for us to do things differently when the holidays come up. Obviously, like a very triggering time. I was thinking about this one particular evening. I was home alone with my mom. And all of a sudden the doorbell rang. And I was like, oh, like, are you expecting someone? And she was like, oh, I ordered pizza. And then um, she she was acting real fucking weird and like not like going to the door. And I was getting it was New Year's Eve, actually. And I was getting ready to go to a party. And so then I like went into my room and then I saw her and I just could sense that something was up. And so then I went to the door and she was coming back in. She had had a bottle of wine delivered to her and it was in a in a paper bag. And I just went into fucking rage. And I'm a lot bigger than her. I'm like 5'11 and she's 5'5. And I was like trying to wrestle it out of her hands. And I'm not somebody that rages. Like, I don't think I have ever been this angry in my whole life. And I was just like inches from her face. And I was just screaming at her in the top of my lungs. I was holding her by the sides and I was shaking her. And um, I just remember walking away being like, who the fuck was that? Who the fuck was that? And feeling so much guilt. But that's what happens <laughs> when we spend, you know, when we're around our families and we're not, um, I obviously wasn't spiritually fit. It's all about like figuring out what works for us. And for some of us, what works for us is not seeing them at all. And that's okay. You know, and that's okay. But I think it's all about if we are going to be around them, like the biggest thing is we need to have a fucking plan. We need to have a plan. Barb talks a lot about having bookends, you know, if you're going to see your family, make sure you have a meeting before or call somebody to be before or call somebody after. But it's all about like having a plan, not going somewhere where you can't leave. Make sure that you have an escape plan. Like don't go in blind. And don't engage, <laughs> which is so hard. It's so hard not to do. But I think that if we go into it, that's why I thought specifically the reading is like really important because I think what really, really helps me to go in with more of um, a more neutral, spiritually grounded mindset is when I remember that my my fam my parents are just sick people, that they're not bad people they're just sick people that do bad things sometimes you know hey andrea i have a question for you in that moment when you did all that stuff mm -hmm. and then later on you walked away and you said like who the hell was that did you get any insight into like what you were thinking and desiring in that moment with your mom like where that rage came from and what you were hoping to accomplish through that? That was just me modeling what I had seen as a child. Um, it's exactly what I did as a kid. When I was left home alone, when my dad was out of town, I would search the house for her booze and I would scream at her at the top of my lungs while I poured them down the kitchen sink. 
So it was just a flashback to those old behaviors. It's like this ridiculous thing of like searching like for booze in the house. Like it doesn't make a fucking difference if I find it or not. There's always another bottle, you know. So go ahead, Michelle. Um, to be honest with you, I, I'm truly looking forward to not being with my family. Um, I shouldn't say, excuse me. I would love to be with my children. I absolutely adore them, but I'm really looking forward to not being with my mom and my brother and that whole shit show. Um, you know, I, I had one of those moments. Uh, we walked in the door with my husband and myself and our two boys. I don't know nine years apart. So 14 and five, whatever. Um, and it was nine o'clock at night on the night before Thanksgiving. And I was tired. I had worked all day and I just wanted to go to bed and I walk in the door and my mom and my brother are doing shots of Jägermeister with monster, whatever that crap is. And so they're doing that. And I was just like, we're drunk and I'm get my kids, my youngest, let's get him in bed, blah, 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 send him off into his room. And then he comes out because everybody's being loud. And my brother just lights up a joint, starts smoking marijuana, him and my mom. And I'm like, my kids are here. And I'm like losing my shit. And I lost my shit. I went off on my mom and my brother. And, you know, you know, it's none of my fucking business and they can do whatever they want. They're grownups. And, you know, it caused this big whole thing. And I was angry all the next day. And, um, it was one of many occasions where my now ex-husband just really stepped in. He's like, you know, you gotta let this go. And I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? Am I the only grown up here? What is wrong with these people? There are children. Um, and so there was always that struggle with them. Um, and I'm just really grateful, thanks to COVID and now me living in Florida, that I no longer have to deal with that because my mom was always like, there's only one day of the year that you need to be sitting at my dining room table, and that is Thanksgiving Day. And now I don't care. Not, you know, it's a great excuse. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do it. Um, you know, and I'm really grateful for that because holiday time has always been stressful ever since I was a little kid and had to shuttle around to this parent, that parent, grandparent, divorce houses, whatever. I mean, I'm so grateful that I'm going to sit on the beach and eat turkey sandwiches next week. Thank you. <laughs> this is a perfect topic. So I'm going out of town to be with my husband's family, like two hours away from my house. And all of my husband and his brothers are all alcoholics. I am also an alcoholic, but I am sober 11 years, and but I have all the isms. I've been doing Al-Anon for four months, and now I'm, you know, I'm participating in, in this group. Um, but yesterday set the tone for me making a plan and preparing for next week because we went to celebrate my brother-in-law's birthday. And of course, they were all drinking. And uh, one of my brother-in-law's girlfriends has two daughters. They're like 16 and 11. And towards the end of the night, and by the end of the night, I mean like 9 p.m., they were belligerent. And my, my husband and his brother started arguing over the stupidest shit, like <laughs> over what music they were playing on YouTube on the TV. And it turned into such a heated argument. I've been pretty good about 
staying out of it and not getting involved and not saying anything. But um, the two little girls were visibly uncomfortable and they were saying like, oh, this is awkward and like hiding behind their backpack. And against my better judgment, I stood up and I was like, oh, I'm going to pretend to grab a glass of water and I'm going to tap my husband on his shoulder and be like, hey, chill out, you know. But I tapped him on the shoulder and he stood up and started yelling at me and saying, all right, you want to fucking leave? Let's leave. And I was like, whoa, I didn't even say that. Just chill out. You're making the children uncomfortable. And but at that point, I immediately felt like my eight year old self who would retract and hide and um, try and go somewhere in the corner like and not just I regretted it so much. Long story short. Um, on the way home, I was, I was not even angry. I just felt so sad. Like, damn, dude, you guys, this is so fucking sad. And why, why am I surrounded by this fucking shit? I'm just like, why, why? And that's me having to get back into program. So when we got home, he asked me not to ever do that to him again, that I humiliated him. And then I had to stop myself and say, this is a drunk person. He's not being rational. So now I'm like, okay, I have to have a plan for next week because it's probably going to be a repeat of yesterday. So I'm going to take my books. I'm going to take my journal. I'm going to take my ear pods. I'm going to go out for a cup of coffee if I need to. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to step in. And I'm giving myself the out. I was in an Al-Anon meeting before this and uh, they were talking about step 11 and prayer and meditation. And they said, you know, tell your higher power, your plans, and then ask him or her to bless it or block it. So I'm giving myself that opportunity. It's still a long time till next, next week. I'm giving myself the opportunity to not go if I change my mind. So. You're like, come on, God, give me a sign. <laughs> the the uh, holidays are very triggering for me because of my uh, Jehovah's Witness cult uh, induction, where I had one side of my family that you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't, and then the other side of my family was like, pour me another, pour me another. So I wanted to hang out with them. I love you even more now that I know this. That that I've got the 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 duality of crazy, yeah. Know that you got the Jehovah's in you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the good news about them is that when you're not a Jehovah, they don't have anything to do with you. So that sort of like breaks <laughs> up that whole thing. It was like the best Christmas present they never gave me. So, um, but like, you know, I, I think about 1985 and I'm, I'm getting in the car to go to my grandmother's house for Christmas with my drunk alcoholic father. And we're going to drive 75 miles one way with a father that is intoxicated and I'm getting the side eye from the polyester covered vagina. That's the other grandmother, the Jehovah's Witness one. And I hated that woman. I hated that woman. I had bought red shoes and I was going to dance on her grave when she died. And um, the shoes were ugly and they made me look like a clown. And then I got sober and spirituality kicked in and I realized that karma would handle her. But um, it was weird. What you were sharing is, is I knew that my parents were sick but I know that their parents were like werewolves. Um, mm. My dad's father is very famous. He, in a, he um, invented um, disappearing and um, 
my, <laughs> and my grandmother on his side, she's also very famous for breeding alcoholism. So um, they just came from, you know, my dad didn't have a dad. My, my mom's people blew in from the Dust Bowl. My 14-year-old polyester-covered vagina married my 22-year-old grandfather. Like, gross, right? And, like, and it's just crazy. It's, it's just in every direction. And it's funny when you said have an escape plan because I would go to my cousin's house. So we're now, you know, my generation. And my Aunt Ruth and I would glance at each other from across the room, like, let's go. Like, it's, it's, it's time to go. Like, you know, and my Aunt Ruth died into right before the pandemic. And then uh, during COVID, my sponsor died of COVID. And then my parents got a divorce. <laughs> so I don't really have to deal with any family at this point. Uh, I used to do like Thanksgiving with my sponsor. And, uh, but the, the raging, uh, I'm the baby. So uh, I, what I have found is that everyone in my family is really passive and I didn't get that gene. So I would come in with my arsenal. My survival tool is, you know, they would push me, they would push me, they would push me, and I would take out the AK-47. I'd blow them all into next week and split and, and have a, a, you know, I, and I learned today that my, I took that test today. Where is it? My, my AC... E score, Your e score? Uh-huh. is this, I'm a seven and my resilience score is an 11. So, um, you know, it, for me, I didn't, I never felt guilty for telling these people off because they were fucking nuts. They were crazy. Like really, we're all going to get on a spaceship but only 144 of us are going to heaven. Seriously. Like, I mean, just nothing added up. Nothing made sense ever. Like, Oh, if your dad didn't, drink or if you if you kept your room clean your dad would your dad wouldn't drink really bitch that's why he drinks i don't know where that is but uh, so i'm just getting into all of this and like listening to your podcast like feverishly and going i want to learn like the like you know like the terminology that you guys have i don't i don't know the terms yet and you guys are like you're doing just fine (laughs) (laughs) no but like which child of you and like i don't know that yet but it's like when i joined the quadraphonic society like what like google what they were talking about so Anyway, I'm glad to be here. So I just wanted to say, I really relate to what you're talking about with your reaction to your mom showing up with a bottle of wine. Uh, two of the, the, my children, both my children struggle. And uh, oddly enough, it's with sugar. And it sounds really innocent, except for the fact that it really drives them crazy and brings them into kind of like a monster state. And so I would find myself... Uh, searching their rooms and they would have it hidden everywhere. And I would go looking for stashes. And it wasn't until I heard something in Al-Anon um, and it was, hope to get this right. It was that uh, any kind of ism is not saying I'd like to go and get drunk and then you go and get drunk, or I'd like to go and get high and then you go and get high. It's when you say, I don't want to go and get drunk and you do it anyway or you say, I don't want to go smoke weed, or I don't want to eat the candy bar and you eat it anyway. And that was sort of like an aha moment for me. And it made me realize that they weren't in control. Like if I don't want to eat a candy bar, I don't eat a candy bar, but it's not like that for them. And I just, there was a disconnect for me. And so I used to go as an adult child, I came from an abusive household. I would go to rage. And if I could make myself scarier then the people who were abusing me, they would leave me alone. 
And so that's sort of like the approach I took in thinking that I could help my kids get away from sugar is I would get angry with them. Uh, kind of like you were getting angry with your mom about, you know, you've got this bottle of wine, like, what are you doing? You know, you've got this stash of candy and it's driving you crazy. Uh, it's turning you into a sugar monster. And I thought if I could be scarier than their desire to eat the candy bar, then they would stop. But that's mm-hmm. not the case. And all it did was cause massive dysfunction in my family. It turned me into the monster. And I found out that I am a lot more able to help them stay away from the sugar, which I found out that they don't really want to get into. It's a compulsion. Um, if I respond with love. And so I would, once I realized this, I would hug my son who is, he's much bigger than me. He's six one. He's a big boy. And uh, it shocked me because he would start crying and then he would start giving me his sugar stashes because he knows it really changes his behavior. It changes the way he feels. He gets really anxious. Um, I don't think this happens to a lot of people that that struggle with sugar, but he actually can have enough to where he'll disassociate. And it's really not any different than someone who's just wasted on a bottle of whatever when they start having their sort of blackout moments. He does that from sugar. And so, uh, yeah, a hug. And to say that I'm really sorry that this is happening to you right now that went so much farther than trying to motivate through discipline and anger. And so I relate and, and that's sort of one way that, that I've been able to sort of not pick up the rope to, to get involved in the argument and the tug of war. And one way that I've been able to, to do a better job at creating um, peace in, in my house that, um, I mean, they, they still are on the sugar and they're still not really ready to, to actively look for a recovery program, but they are much more willing to talk about it. And I don't think they're in denial anymore. And so it's really been a positive thing all the way around because it doesn't make me feel like an asshole because I would step away from that too. And I'd be like, Oh my God, what did I just do? Like, why did I just yell at my kid like that? And it's, you know, and I feel stupid too. Cause it's like, it's like it's sugar. But then on the other hand, it's, it's not just sugar in the way that it's used and the way that it's abused and what it does to their bodies in the short term and the long term. So anyway, yeah, I hear you. I've had the same reaction. I think I've probably felt the same, like just an absolute dick and asshole and like, my God, look what I've just done. And, and uh, so coming full circle, the, the love and the hug and, and just saying, I'm sorry this is happening to you what can I do to help? Um, that's gone a lot farther. And it certainly, it, it brings more peace into me as a person to react like that rather than to react as, as a, someone who's raging. So thanks for listening. You know, a lot of times in your podcast, you talk about how, like when you're a kid, you just know what you know, and you don't know any different and you don't know what it could be. And my significant other is 14 years sober. And last year was my first year doing Thanksgiving with him. And I like started bawling afterwards. Cause I was like, I had no idea Thanksgiving could be like that. Like it could be like 
without alcohol and like without people like ruining the day and without people fighting and without like driving home and being scared. Cause like your dad's driving you home drunk, but you can't argue with him because he's your dad and he's mean and scary when he's drunk. And so like, it was just really eye opening to be like, Oh, if these are things that have been going on my whole life. And I just figured, you know, not, not that everybody dealt with it, but I just had no understanding of what normal could be. And so that was just a realization I had. And I was going to share. Hey guys, I'm going to pop in. I wish I could have everybody over for Thanksgiving. Friendsgiving, um, we're all like spread out over the whole United States, maybe even uh, somewhere off the continent. Um, but I, this is a, a, a FYI, there are alcophones everywhere. I don't know if they have them for other 12-step programs, but they definitely have them for AA. I'm sure they got them for NA and who knows, Al-Anon, I would hope so. But um, I've hated holidays my whole life. And um, I now will be without both parents this, these holidays. And I don't, I'm okay. <laughs> I do have my family and um, my immediate, my kids and stuff like that. But holidays are, are weird and just kind of, I work with kids and older and teens and stuff. And sometimes they're smarter than their parents, you know, they, and they, I try and empower them that way. And we are too. I mean, they're sick. And I currently am going through, I'm not participating in it, but my sister who is bipolar is really manic right now. And took in this homeless person, quote unquote, and I'm, we don't know if she's really homeless. She certainly doesn't look it. And she got her into a shelter for three years. And I don't know, it could be a huge scam, but I just listen. And she's like, you're the only one who listens to me. You're the only one who doesn't judge me. And I don't, but I'm concerned. And I tell her of my concern. And cause she thinks she has a vision to help these people. Either way, it's drama, but it's how we react. And I know in this group, I'm hearing about all these healthy ways to make maybe this year a little bit better. So, um, but I sure wish we could get together. That would be really, really cool and uh, much more much more functional. Um, hi, welcome if you're new. There's a lot of new people on this Zoom tonight. Um, welcome. You found us. I, um, gosh, I've been working through the past 24 hours, um, the holiday next, next Thursday, I try to do the one day at a time thing for the holidays, but, um, I come from a super enmeshed family. We're like this, and I'm the middle of three girls and my father has passed away, but my mom is five minutes that way. One sister's five minutes that way. And the other one's five minutes that way. And uh, they're both happily married with kids. I'm twice divorced with an eight-year-old and uh, his dad lives up the street. And we have done so much over the holidays together in years past um, that we all kind of get sick of each other by the end of it. But it's not this horrible, dysfunctional stuff, um, you know, like, like a lot of you talk about and like it could be. Um, I know my parents came from horrible, dysfunctional stuff during the holidays. So my mom has always created amazing, you know, winter wonderland, Disneyland's for me and my sisters. And we all still want to come together and always share that. Well, I 
have been doing the recovery work um, for quite a few years now, starting with Al-Anon too. And once I got into ACOA and saw, wow, I really need to establish some boundaries with my older sister, who is just flat out mean to me. Her energy just says, I hate you. You bug the crap out of me. There's nothing about you appealing. Um, She's told me to my face. um, If you weren't my sister, I would have absolutely nothing to do with you. I was um, I was the favorite child when we were little. Um, I was the golden child. Um, she was uh, I can't think of all the different terms right now, but she was the troubled one. She was um, she basically you know gave mom the middle fingers, and I said whatever you need, mom, I'll do it. And that really pissed off my older sister with me. So I've spent a lifetime trying to get her love and attention and um, that people pleasing stuff that we all know doesn't work. And I finally put my big girl panties on a couple of years ago and was like, her opinion of me is none of my business. And she's a bitch and I'm not going to hang around her anymore. And it's kind of been working for me for the most part. Um, and then today I called my mom to wish her happy birthday or birthdays today. And I said, so what's the holiday plan? And uh, she um, she said, oh, you know, well, Lisa's having us over. I'm so sorry you're, you're not going to be there. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like usually there's lots of different things I can choose from. And usually I don't care. I'm actually dating a guy um, that I think is a normal guy who doesn't want to, you know, marry me and move in after two weeks, um, which is really frightening that he's not already trying to put a ring on it. Andrea, you're supposed to laugh at that. Um, And he hasn't invited me to his Thanksgiving because he wants to take it really slow, which I'm like, Um, but I respect it. I'm in recovery and I respect his boundaries. I think it's amazing. He's putting that boundary up and I'm just going with it, going, thank you, God, you know, doing for me what I can't do for myself. But um, I found myself before I was on this meeting right now, trying to figure out a way to get the invite to the Thanksgiving. I don't really even want to be to because, you know, I'm stuck. I talked to my Al-Anon sponsor about it today and she was not very helpful. Didn't tell me what to do. Like I wanted her to, she told me to pray about it. Damn her. So, um, so then I was like, Oh, it's 515. I need to jump on the call. And clearly as I'm hearing from all of you, like I need to take care of me and I need to take care of my eight-year-old son. And when he goes over there, he learns from his mom who treats me crappy um, that he gets to be the recipient of her son's crappiness towards him. So I'm not only protecting myself, I'm protecting my kid by not having me around somebody who just hates him because he's alive, even though he's never done anything mean to him. <laughs> it's about boundary setting. It's about sitting in my home and finding two years ago, I had me and my son had COVID on Thanksgiving and it was actually a really nice Thanksgiving. We ordered Thai food. Thank you. So, I mean, this is just a reminder, like have a plan if you have to go, but if you don't have to go and you don't want to go, nobody's making you go. And we get to be the boss and the director of, you know, our destiny with this kind of stuff. And I just realized like, and I actually got an invite up to Orange County by a really nice friend and my lazy side's like, I don't want to drive an hour to go to a Thanksgiving, but you know what? I should probably drive an hour to go to a Thanksgiving with a nice, happy, functional family that may not be my blood and take my child so he can have a nice time, you know? And these are the kind of choices that I need to continue making to live a life um, better than the one I was living before I felt like I needed to get into group. Anyway, that's all I have. Thanks for letting me share. Well, that wraps up Shit Show Saturday. As always, 
Sign up for the Patreon. That is where I host weekly support groups, and it's where you say thanks, Andrea, for all that you do. Patreon.com slash adultchild. Follow me on TikTok and Instagram at adultchildpod, and give me a damn five-star rating on Apple and Spotify, and I will see y'all shit shows on Wednesday. Bye. Bye.